You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, man. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. Tropical Storm Florence is intensifying in the Atlantic southeast of Bermuda as it makes its way toward the U.S. mainland. NPR's Amy Held reports it's in the United States later this week as the first major hurricane of the season. Florence is not expected to near the U.S. until late Thursday. But in preparation, Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina have already declared states of emergency. Florida is also in its potential path. Hurricane specialist Daniel Brown at the National Hurricane Center says by then, Florence is expected to be a Category 3 storm or higher. The hurricane would be bringing uh, strong winds, a very dangerous uh, storm surge, uh, and also the potential for very heavy rainfall. Huge waves generated by Florence are already affecting the East Coast. Caution is urged for beachgoers who could encounter life-threatening surf and rip current conditions. Amy Held, NPR News. A fresh round of protests are being held in Russia against pension reforms following a call by jailed opposition leader Alexei Navalny. The BBC's Mike Saunders reports the demonstrations coincide with elections for a quarter of Russia's region. Alexei Navalny is serving another of the short prison terms he says are imposed to disrupt his political activity. But that hasn't stopped him calling for protests across Russia. Surveys suggest that 80% of Russians oppose raising the pension age from 55 to 60 for women and 60 to 65 for men. 
President Putin went on television to scrap the original pension plan to make women wait until they're 63. But that has failed to halt a slide in his popularity. By his own admission, one in seven Russians lives below the poverty line, so even a is critical to many people. The BBC's Mike Saunders. Sweden is holding its national elections today. Sitzel Overgaard reports polls show the anti-immigrant Sweden Democrats could take around 20% of the vote and potentially become the country's second largest political party. In 2014, the Sweden Democrats got about 13% of the vote, but that was before Sweden opened its doors to hundreds of thousands of refugees in the wake of the Syrian crisis. Many cities in Sweden struggle increasingly with gang violence, and the Sweden Democrats have succeeded in drawing a straight line between immigration and crime. The left-of-center Social Democrats will likely remain the biggest party, but it's unclear how a coalition on the left or the right would be able to govern without the support of the Sweden Democrats. And so far, both sides have refused to negotiate with that party, which has roots in the neo-Nazi movement. Voter turnout in Sweden is typically around 85%, so whatever the result, it will be considered a solid appraisal of the country's mood. For NPR News, I'm Cecil Overgaard in Denmark. This is NPR News in Washington. Coming up next on The Serious Side. Have you ever discussed Special Counsel Mueller or his investigation with anyone? Well, it's uh, in the news every day. Have you discussed it with anyone? Uh, With other judges, I know. Uh, Have you discussed Mueller or his investigation with anyone at Kasowitz, Benson, and Torres, the law firm founded by Mark Kasowitz, President Trump's personal lawyer? uh, Be sure about your answer, sir. Well, I'm not remembering, but if you have something you're... Wanna... Are you certain you've not had a conversation with I... anyone at that law firm? Kasowitz. Kasowitz, Benson, and yeah. Torres, which is the law firm founded by Mark Kasowitz, yeah. who is President Trump's personal lawyer. Are you? Have you had any conversation about Robert Mueller or his investigation with anyone at that firm? It did not start with Donald Trump. He is a symptom, not the cause. He's just capitalizing on resentments that politicians have been fanning for years. Appealing to tribe. Appealing to fear. Pitting one group against another. Telling people that order and security will be restored if it weren't for those who don't look like us or don't sound like us or don't pray like we do. That's an old playbook. Nike's new Just Do It ad will start airing tonight at the NFL opener between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons. It's narrated by former 49ers quarterback Con Kaepernick. Here's a preview. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Stop ad from the New York Times that says, I am part of the resistance inside the Trump administration. Just posted your reaction. Sheriff, can you imagine this? We have somebody in what I call the failing New York Times. 
that's talking about he's part of the resistance within the Trump administration. This is what we have to deal with. And, you know, the dishonest media, because you people deal with it as well as I do, but it's really a disgrace. Uh, I, I will say this. Nobody has done what this administration's done in terms of getting things passed. So when you tell me about some anonymous source within the administration, probably who's failing and probably here for all the wrong reasons, no. And the New York Times is failing. If I weren't here, I believe the New York Times probably wouldn't even exist. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Here is your host, J. Ryle, along with Miss Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, Mr. Elias, and the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D. Welcome in, folks. Today is September 9th, 2018, and you're tuned to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network online radio. At his best, of course, like the man said, I am Jay. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your weekend with us. As always, we'll try to bring the noise. But as always, or should I say, as usual, never here by myself. I'm usually here by my right-hand man, the brother who I love so much, the man who is actually the one that runs everything, folks. Tell you, if you spell Mr. backwards, it's the serious side. Let's bring in the man himself, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, sir. And how are you doing this morning? You know what, man? I've been better, but I'm doing good because, God dang it, we have a voice. You know? We don't have to yes. sit back and be silent when yes. people are doing things like this to our country. We can step yes. up and talk to people, and people will actually listen. So I'm blessed mm. this morning, man. How are you? I am a little tired, but I'm doing well, man. Right, Mr. Elias. Mr. Elias is uh, for the people, by the people, bringing the noise. Being a cowboy this morning, thank you so much, sir. The resident texter Johnny D is off this morning, uh, so we won't be hearing his uh, just. Uh, when I tell you some of the eloquent, uh, eloquent uh, responses that he has to some of the things, we won't be hearing that this morning. Also, uh, we usually get our main man Jerome Esprit from uh, after he finishes his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. Of course, we all know that Miss Kathleen Williams. She's also a pastor, so as soon as she's available, she'll make her way here. In the meantime, between time, the number is 347 A lot to get into this morning, and I very much was looking forward to this show because we get a chance to talk about something that I'm going to re- rearrange the talk order this morning because I can't wait to have this conversation. President Barack Obama back on the stage. We're going to have that conversation first up because I just can't wait to talk about it. Then we're going to talk about the Kavanaugh hearings. You know, Camilla Harris, man, I tell you what, mm-hmm. I thought maybe she was one of these people that were just doing things for the camera, but I'm here to tell you that I'm almost mm-hmm. in her boat. I think I may vote for her if she goes for, if she runs for president. And mm-hmm. last but certainly not least, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to combine a couple of things in this last segment. We're going to talk about the Colin Kaepernick commercial. Uh, plus, we're going to talk about what's going on with the New York Times, that op-app, someone within the Trump administration is so frustrated that they have decided to run a shadow government. Thank good or bad. We'll talk about that coming up in the third set. Once again, it's a friendly reminder the number is 347 You can be a part of the conversation. You can hang out in the world famous chat room, or you can just what we do, socialize on all these different social media websites that we monitor throughout the course of the show. And if your comments are good, there is a section reserved just for you. It's called Chatterbox. We will uh, read your comments 
if they are good enough. Or if we don't have enough, we'll read them. So that's coming up later on in the show. So getting into this, getting to the conversation. Uh, first up, President Obama, back on the, on the, on the uh, campaign trail. People said that this was a campaign stop, but I think what President Obama did was, and if you notice a couple of things, when he gave this speech the other day, he was in his, you know, POTUS attire, suit, tie, American pin. And it was, to me, a call of arms. It was an address to the nation because he knew that all the major news cable networks would carry it live. And so he wanted to put out a message to the nation. Mr. Elias, I'm not sure how much of it you watched, but was it good to see that guy back behind a podium looking like the president that he once was and in a lot of folks' minds still is? Well, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, Jack, I missed the eye. Just to actually see somebody who could speak in complete sentences, man. I really did. Mm. I, I just, I just, it, it was a refreshing um, uh, venues to have somebody they could say anonymous. It was just, it was just, it was refreshing, man. And the message that he, that, that he, I watched the message yesterday. That he, did, uh, that he presented to the nation about the uh, people that are running California. Seems like he's doing everything he needs to do to push the people out in California to, to get those people out and vote for the legislation that they needed out there, man. So I think he's doing everything he's supposed to do right now, you know, and which is at the right, right, at the right time because the midterms are right around the corner, man, are right around the corner. So Yeah, less than it was 60 days fresh. out. You know, the thing is, yeah. That I thought was what I thought was interesting about uh, President Obama's speech was the fact that you know he had a couple of laugh lines, but he came back and said very quick, very fast. No, I'm serious. You guys need to understand this is no joke. You know what's going on in this country today is unprecedented, and for you to sit on the sidelines. And I love the remark he said about well, you know, most politicians say that you know this election is. You know, uh, it's the most important election of our lifetimes. And he says, you know, I've been accused as, uh, of saying that as well. He says, but no, for real, though. For real, though. Mm. You know, I, I think if he, if he could talk in black dialect, he would have said, for real, though. You know, our hip-hop dialect, <laughs> I should say. For real, though. This is a real thing. You need to get out there and make it happen. The bottom line is that this country is going to hell and a crackpot. And another thing I love that he did, Mr. Elias, is the fact that he corrected the record on this economy. You know, when you listen to Donald Trump, Donald Trump talks as if he inherited this economy in the same shape that President Obama inherited the economy, which was losing 800,000 jobs a month. Just right. sit back and wrap your... I want everyone to pause right now and think about that for a second. Because the job numbers came out this past Friday, and they were over 200-plus. Oh, they were strong. Think about this. Damn we were Lewis. losing 800,000 <laughs> jobs a month when he took office. Hmm. Wow. That's eight and months of job growth. Go ahead, Mr. Elias. And if you really think about it, his numbers pale in comparison to to, to the president, uh, to President Barack Obama's job growth, they pale in comparison. You know, and, and this guy like he's, and well, he's well, they're, like he's, they're around the same mark, Mr. Elias. They, they're not that far off. I mean, you know, they, they're there. Hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands less. And tell somebody that don't have no, a job. No, 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 no. Uh, you, if you're yeah. talking on a monthly basis, that's not. No, that's not necessarily true. I mean, I'm talking about no, You say hundreds of thousands. Well, Mr. Elias, when you talk about job numbers, 
I mean, okay, maybe you're talking about the overall. Maybe you're talking about from beginning to end. Okay, I'll give you that. But when you're talking about on the monthly basis, they're not that far off. Sometimes they're better, sometimes they're worse. But, but I guess the point is, is that don't act as if all of a sudden, and I loved his line when he said, you know what, oh, my God, the, the Republicans are like, oh, my God, it's, an, it's a miracle. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, we, we have an economy that's growing. You know, uh, job growth is ascending. Uh, oh, my God, Jesus must have smiled on us. Jesus must but Jesus continually smiled on us, whether we believe it or not. But second of all, Jesus must have been smiling for the last 10 years because that's when we started seeing the trajectory. It is amazing how these people have amnesia. And, Mr. Elias, I think we all know what this is all about. It's all about because we had a darkie in the White House. That's what this of is. Of course. That's what this is. And they don't want to ever we let had a that happen in the again. White House. If he came in and failed, people would have said, see, see, see. But, you know, when he came in and was successful, they, they, they had to make up stuff. I, I'm thinking about, you know, the, the scandals that he had. He wore a brown suit. And they, people like to lost their mind. He did a fist bump with his wife. That was a terrorist fist bump. This guy is screwing women, all, all screwing women while his 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 wife is pregnant with his with his child. He's right. doing all kind of stuff. Yeah. And evangelicals are, hey, we forgive him, we forgive him. But they they you know, they do the same thing for Barack Obama. No, they wouldn't. No, it's just that it's a hypocritical. It's hypocritical at the at, at, at its best. It's hypocrisy. It's hypocritical at its best. You are absolutely correct in that, in that assessment of what you're saying. It's 17 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. At its best, we're talking about the reemergence of President Obama. He did have a campaign event last night, but people, like you said, people are criticizing. Here's the dilemma that President Obama is dealing with: the fact that you have some Democrats who are saying, "Look, you should have been out here a long time ago." Where you been? You know? Where you at? You should have been here a long time ago. And then you have Democrats who are saying, uh, I don't know, because Trump, that's all Trump. Trump is at his best when he has a target, right? He is at his best when he has a target. When he has a foe, that's when he's at his best, because then he could be a big bully, be a childish individual, and, and call names and make people laugh. You know, his response when they asked him about uh, President Obama's speech and he stood he up and at Raleigh, well, you know, I fell asleep. You know, <laughs> you know, that's the thing about this guy. People love the fact that he cracked jokes. He's funny. He's a funny guy. And we all know that comedy, you know, people, listen, <laughs> this, is, this, this is funny. Think about this for a second. How much we appreciate humor, and, and I really—I I just thought it is just like right now. You know, people always say in the dating game, you know, one of the things that women always talk about is the fact that they like a guy that makes them laugh. And when you see their teeth, Mister you know what that means? I got them. So let's make the parallel to politics. Let's make the parallel to just life. People love to laugh. And so now you have this comedian at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue delivering all the jokes. You know, listen, I laugh all the time. And, look, I admit it, I still laugh when I think about his remarks uh, at one of his campaign stops about Marco Rubio. I think it's hilarious. But I'm one of those people like you and like most of our listeners, with the, with the exception of a few haters, uh, you know how to balance reality with fiction or comedy. 
Yeah, look, will I go and watch him do a stand-up? I probably would. <laughs> but I damn sure don't want him in the White House. And Mr. Elliott, mm. I think that's the problem. He comes across as a, just a regular old fat, funny guy, and America's, I can relate to that because he's just like one of us. That's what we need. Donald Trump, Mr. Elliott, would you please tell the poor white people in this country how Donald Trump really feel about them? Will you please make that announcement <laughs> on the show today? Because apparently they haven't gotten it. So can you, make the, can you do us a, give us a public service announcement right now and tell these poor white people how Donald Trump really feels about them? The stage is yours. Well, I'm going to let you know. He loves you because you're ignorant. You don't pay attention to the news. No, he doesn't. Oh, no, he, he does, does love Paulie. He loves the poor un- uneducated. He loves them. He loves them. You know why? Because he can use he them. He uses and the poor them. and uneducated. He don't well, love he them. Lo- he loves that they're uneducated. He loves the fact that they're uneducated, and they don't they don't know what the hell they're doing. You know, let's call it what it is. He said that. I, I love the un- uneducated, and he's right. He don't. People don't. Okay. He, he he's right. They they don't pay attention to what the hell he said. One, I, I got into an well, argument with a guy at work. I got into an argument with a guy at work, and I, I specifically I told I told a guy a lie, and I just kept kept repeating the lie, and I kept repeating the lie, and kept repeating the lie. He says, "You know what, man? You're stupid." I said, "No, you're stupid because that's the same stuff that Donald Trump pulls on you, and you believe it because you know the truth. You won't go research the truth. Go research the truth and get back to me. That's what he does to you. I just lied to you. You didn't like it." Guess what I don't like? The lies that Donald Trump tells. And he just walked away from it, man. And he wouldn't even acknowledge it. But this is what he does to people. He lies to you in your face, and, then, and, and you, won't go, you won't, won't go listen. My numbers are the best in history. And, and, and Abe Lincoln, my poll numbers are better than Abe Lincoln. And then he, then he comes back and says, well, I, I asked if they had poll numbers back when Abe was out there. I don't know, but I think, think I, my poll numbers are way better than his. How do you know any of this stuff? These are just... This lies. He, he, it's nothing that this man don't lie about every day. Nothing to the American public, and they love him. They they can't get enough of him. He hate you know some. If he had a chance to deal with you or a rich person, he'd kick you to the curb. He would. But because you're 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 poorly uneducated, you don't care. That's what he does to you. Okay, I'm going to assume the role of Mr. L.A.S. because Mr. L.A.S. is usually the one that breathes noise, and he's usually the one that's blunt. See, Mr. L.A.S. just gave a J. Ryle answer. Let me give a Mr. L.A.S. answer. Here's my, here's my <laughs> op-ed to you folks. He don't give a flying damn about y'all. Let's make sure that you understand what's going on here, okay? Donald Trump would spit on you if he saw you on the street. He is using you. He is a manipulator. He don't give a damn about your plight. He don't care about that stuff. Remember, let's go back. Oh, I love the ooh, I love the, the military. And I'm going to make a $1 million donation to the blah, blah. You know what? He never made that. They had to force that guy to make that donation. There was reporters. You know, people that y'all called the fake news, they were the ones that made him accountable. This guy don't give a damn about y'all. And you guys are ignorant if you think he does. You need to wake up and smell the coffee. This is nonsense. For you people to be prancing around here, you should be banned to vote for life. You're stupid and you're ridiculous. And I don't care. Send them all. You know what? You send them. I'm going to read them during Chatterbox because I don't care. 
This we are at a moment in this country's history that cannot be ignored. You have a former president coming out bashing the current occupant of the White House. That is unprecedented, Mr. Elias. So that should tell you what we're dealing with. And yet and still you will still find people out there who think this guy is smart. Yes. Because they're uneducated. He loves them, Jay. They love that tennis. Oh, my God. Mr. Elias, these people act like they were not around for the past, you know, 10 years. Right? They they weren't around during the the presidency of Barack Obama. Because they just thought all of a sudden Donald Trump raised his right hand, and here we are. Oh, my God. Here's economic prosperity. Right? Hmm. Oh, you know, he just, as soon as he said, uh, I so help me God, congratulations, Mr. President, as he shook the hand of the Chief Justice, all of a sudden the world rainbows came out, and all of a sudden, good God, look at this, the account, look, look at the job numbers, they're low. They were low freaking before you took office. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yes. 347-850-1272. It's just, it's unbelievable that we live in a country but you know what? There's a reason why we're not, as far as, as some of the, um, when you talk about when they took a poll of education uh, with a lot of the democratic and free world countries out there, that, that we were like ranked towards the bottom. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not a coincidence. No. That's not a coincidence. No. Not no. a coincidence. It's a sad state of affairs that's going on here. And people need to wake up. You need to open your eyes. Guys don't care. I hear people belly aching about, oh, he's messing with Jeff Sessions. You don't bump Jeff Sessions. Really? They get what they, you know what they get. They get what they deserve. Bump Jeff Sessions because he is quietly trying to roll back all the civil rights, uh, civil rights uh, uh, processes that they put in place when it comes to monitoring police officers. He's taking Mm -hmm. a lot of that away. But he's belly eager. I've never been so humiliated in my life. President called me a dumb southerner. I can't believe this. All you bastards deserve what you're getting. All of you. Yep. And I can't wait. That's a ploy. You know I don't want if that's a ploy. I really want if that's a ploy, Jay. To just keep the attention drawn on him. Keep the attention drawn on it on, on that while he goes around. Because everybody says that. Um, if you look at the news sources, everybody says that Jeff Sessions is his is, is, is his biggest hitman. He's carrying out all the Trump agenda. Anything that Trump wants carried out, Jeff Sessions is doing. So they don't understand why Trump is talking about it. Maybe it's a ploy to say, "Hey, I don't like Jeff Sessions," and, and you know, you know, it, it's just I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't get it. You know, maybe maybe it's a ploy. Maybe it's a ploy. It's not maybe a ploy. It it's not a ploy. Uh, the Donald Trump uses people for what he wants. And Jeff, you know, listen, the, the, the walls are closing in on him, and he knows it. And that's why he is just, oh, my God, this guy is not giving me the cover that I need. But I want to thank President Trump. I don't want you guys to write this down. Today is September 9th, 2018. I want to thank President Trump for one thing. You know, man, I am eating better now, Mr. Elias. I am exercising, man. I am really trying to live that life. Because you know why? Because I want to be alive when they slap handcuffs on his ass. I am working out because I want to see him put in jail. So I'm trying to live my best life. So thank you very much, President Donald J. Trump, for making me say, hey, I want to be around when you get impeached. 
to say, hey, I want to be here when they walk your sorry self out of the White House. And for all you people, like I said, send your messages. I will read them during Chatterbox because you shouldn't be here in the first place. If you don't like what we're saying, change the freaking channel. I don't care. You guys are the reason why we're in this predicament that we're in, and this is nonsense for this to continue to go on. We're supposed to be the superpower of the world, Mr. Elias. And we voted this fool in office. Remember when President Obama, before he got out of the White House, Mr. Elias, he said he was traveling around the world, and world leaders were, like, concerned, saying, man, this guy, you guys are not going to vote this dude in office, are you? And he was like, no, I have faith in the American people. Well, guess what, President Obama? They tapped you on your left shoulder, and you looked to the left, and they took the money out your, out your right pocket because they got you. Because no one thought this would happen. Nah, no, no one. one thought it would happen, Mr. Elias. No one right. thought it would happen. <sighs> speaking, of the, speaking of the Trump White House and some of the policies that they put in place, they put a policy. They're trying to put in policy. Uh, uh, put, they're trying to put in place a policy that would allow them to uh, hold immigrant children and their parents indefinitely. That's just another mm-hmm. sweet thing by this administration. So in this morning, in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, we're going to put the attention back on that because there are kids out there that are being separated and orphaned from their parents. This is America, Jack. <sighs> we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Serious side. The American Civil Liberties Union and human rights activists are fanning out across Guatemala. They're looking for dozens of parents who were deported from the U.S. without their children who remain here in government custody. The challenge is huge. The searchers face long distances to remote villages, torturous geography, and no cell phone signals. NPR's John Burnett is in Guatemala with our story on this quest to reunite the parents with their children. A rumpled New York lawyer in khakis and a pinstripe shirt is standing incongruously in the shaded Plaza Central of Chimaltenango, Guatemala, with a cell phone glued to his cheek. Mayan shoeshine boys and peanut sellers watch curiously. Lee Galernt, a senior lawyer with the ACLU, is a long way from the San Diego Federal Courthouse, where he's been wrestling with the U.S. government for much of the summer. This week, he came down here to join the daunting search for the deported parents. I can't remember a time when we've had to go out in the field and actually find our class members all over the world. So this is a highly unusual situation. In June, Galernt convinced a federal judge to order the government to reunite all 2,600 kids who were separated from adults who crossed the southwest border illegally. Last week, Health and Human Services said it has already released nearly 2,000 of the children to their parents, and the reunion process for the rest continues. I never expected that I would be here in Guatemala looking for parents. At every turn, it's been an eye-opener. 322 parents remain outside the U.S. The majority are here in Guatemala. A posse of lawyers and advocates is now scouring the volcanic highlands of this northernmost Central American nation to meet the parents, explain them their rights, and present them with a wrenching choice. They're facing just a profound decision of whether to have their child be brought back to them in this country or to leave their child in the U.S. for the child to independently pursue asylum. And that's a decision I would not wish on any parent. So far, most of the deported parents here in Guatemala have been reachable by cell phone. The ACLU got the numbers from Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which processed and deported them. 
but 80 parents have not been found. Las comunidades son muy lejanas, no todas tienen un acceso en vehículo, así que él Their communities are far away and hard to reach. Some don't even have roads, only trails. It's very time-consuming. There's no phone signal in some of these remote villages, so we can't call the families ahead, says Leslie Taez, a Guatemalan human rights lawyer with Justice in Motion. That's an advocacy group working with the ACLU. They have no idea they can get their kids back, Taez continues. They haven't talked with a public official or a social worker, and some are afraid when a stranger comes knocking on the door. Taya says many were fleeing criminal gangs in their towns. She says it's a complex situation. Y no sé qué hacer, porque dice entonces la abogada que ya no puede hacerse cargo del caso porque él ya es mayor de edad. Lee Gallant says he's in intense negotiations with the government about letting some deported parents return. Immigration officials maintain that all the adults agreed to leave voluntarily. For the immigrant children in custody, what happens if their parents cannot be found and the families can't be reunified? Well, the federal judge warned for every parent who's not located, there will be a permanently orphaned child. The government says there are also nearly 500 kids who are, quote, not eligible for reunion, most of them because their parents have some sort of criminal history. The ACLU is asking the court to force the government to be more reasonable. Some of the parents do have serious felonies that should alert the authorities. The ACLU says many of these criminal cases are nonviolent, like theft or DUI that happened years ago, and that should not prevent the U.S. government from reuniting these families, either in the states or back home in the mountains of Guatemala. Have you ever discussed Special Counsel Mueller or his investigation with anyone? Well, it's uh, in the news every day. Have you discussed it with anyone? Uh, With other judges, I know. Uh, Have you discussed Mueller or his investigation with anyone at Kasowitz, Benson, and Torres, the law firm founded by Mark Kasowitz, President Trump's personal lawyer? Uh, Be sure about your answer, sir. Uh, well, I'm not remembering, but if you have something you want to... Are you certain you've not had a conversation with I, anyone at that law firm? Kasowitz, Benson. Kasowitz, Benson, and yeah. Torres, which is the law firm founded by Mark Kasowitz, yeah. who is President Trump's personal lawyer. Are you? Have you had any conversation about Robert Mueller or his investigation with anyone at that firm. Welcome back in 347 That was Carla Harris, Senator, I should say, bringing a noise to the judge. Man, it was a beautiful thing to watch. Welcome back in. It is uh, 35 minutes after the hour. Uh, you're in tune to the serious side, which happens every Sunday morning, right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Let's bring in the man I talked about earlier in the show, the one and only, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Street. What's up, man? Good morning. Hey, good morning, man. How you doing? Doing outstanding, man. Always a good day when you are in the house, and of course, Jerome. the lady of the place up, is in the house as well, the very lovely Miss Kathleen Williams. What's going on, Kathleen? Good morning. Welcome in. How are you, ma'am? 
Oh, good morning. Thank you so much. And I am well. How are you all? Good to be here. Good morning, Soro. Good morning, friend. Yeah, you guys got this little special, uh, you know, Jerome. Well, I was going to turn to you, Jerome, but I forgot whose team you are, so I guess I, I just I thought to myself. I'm right. <laughs> trying to get us like a little thing, you know, but you, you know, I forgot. You know, I forgot. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, I was trying to get us a little thing. You know, they got their little. But, you know, I forget whose team you're on, so I, I don't know. I'll just say hi to myself. I right, say hello to Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa, I know you're listening. Hey, Vanessa, thank you. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Yeah, that's what Mary had the music said last week. Don't bring Vanessa. <laughs> if she's listening, boop your mic off. Oh, man, glad you guys are in the house. All right, listen, we, uh, the Kavanaugh hearings have just concluded. Um, it looks like it's a situation where Democrats really have no play. They're looking – they have to get two Republican senators to turn. And the two that usually side with the Democrats on some of these major uh, liberal-type functions are, you know, the two uh, – you, you have uh, S- uh, Susan Collins uh, and you have McCroskey out of uh, – McCroskey out of uh, – out of uh, Alaska, and it looks like these two have already said they're going to um, they're going to go ahead and vote because they haven't seen anything uh, that right. will tell them or that will prohibit them from doing it, which is going to be a sad situation. I thought Democrats stepped up to the plate this week, uh, Jerome. I, you know, listen, I'm not a big Cory Booker fan. I still think a lot of that what he did was all about showing mirrors. But the guy says, "Look here, I tell you what, I'm going to do." Bottom line is, is that you know the fact that they redacted. Or did I include information on most of the documentation that they gave us, by the way, that they dumped on us right before the hearing uh, the following day? You know, a lot of that stuff was just uh, redacted just for the hell of it. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to break Senate rules, and I'm going to p- produce in public and, and publish what this judge wrote about, you know, racial relations, his thoughts on immigration. And, you know, he said, if I'm, you're going to expel me from the Senate, go ahead and do it. I said, oh, look at look at Corey. And then I love how, you know, Senator Harris went after the judge. You know, she's a former prosecutor, and you can tell she was ready. And I love the way she does business. So, you know, I tell you what, for me, it was a good week for the Democrats, even though I think we all know at the end of the day they really don't have a whole lot of power in this. But, Jerome, your thoughts on the hearings and, you know, two potential presidential candidates on the Democratic side stepping up to the plate. What say you? Well, you know, I, I'm not um, I'm not that cynical where I feel like everything is a lost cause and everybody does that zero sum game. Do you got the votes or don't you? You know, and right. when I start watching a lot of paraphrasing, you know, the CNNs kind of stuff of the world, you know, the Democrats need to have a message or they don't have power. That is just a bunch of garbage because uh, uh, Kamala Harris, she. She stood out from everybody else. Now, there was, um, yes. I think it was Senator White, Whitehorse, or there was a couple yeah. of other ones yep. Who, yep. who jabbed him, right? And for um, Murkowski and Collins, they are going to be responsible on the Republican side for them getting all of those women right stuff taken away. And they know it, right? So I know they came into that saying that they were supporting him, but they needed to see the hearings through. If they don't know by now what that man is going to do, they don't have no cover. So regardless what happens, they have no cover if they support him. 
But what I'm looking at is I'm thinking that there's another senator, not SAS, but there's another senator in there who they're going to lose their seats. And they know what's going to happen in November if they vote for him now that all of this, um, you know, they're, they know that Trump's attorney's law firm, right, mm. um, he spoke with some folks from the law firm, and he knows them. So they're seeing collusion, not, not I'm sorry, not collusion, because people keep using that word too much. Yeah, conspiracy. They're seeing a conspiracy to solidify um, the president from wrongdoing or, or to, to um to um, this, uh, I was going to use a legal word. I was going to say Kathleen need to help me on that one, but they, they want to buffer him from any kind of legal action, so they want to bring him on the court. But when I look at people, it wasn't just Cory Booker. I don't think Cory Booker's brave, by the way. Although that was a good move and it's good optics. The woman who actually started releasing those documents while Cory Booker was speaking was the senator from Hawaii. And what she did was she released a document, um, and she talked about a case where um, in Alaska, for the indigenous people of Alaska and Hawaii, that Kavanaugh ruled on, and what he said was he wanted to somehow um, disenfranchise the native people of Alaska, like they weren't really citizens kind of thing. It was one of those cases. So the mm. senator from Hawaii started blasting these things while Corey was speaking. She broke Senate rules first. Yeah, it was her. You're right. So you know if if Markowski, uh, who wait a minute, if the, whoever the Alaskan senator is, if she still That's votes Markowski, knowing what he's about to do to Alaska, then that puts her race in jeopardy. So I think that I'm not so sure that they have their mind made up to vote for him. Because the, the so? Democrats did a really good job of making a case specifically for those particular two senators, not only yeah. on the corruption side, but what it meant to their state and for the people in their state if he goes to that court when he ruled against them in the past. It's going to be interesting, yeah, but they put that. pressure on the two senators not on that's why people are not catching it. Like so, when you look at news, they're saying, "Oh, they didn't lay a glove on him." Yeah, they put pressure on the senators that were voting for him. They didn't lay a glove on him because everybody knew who he was. Those senators who were supposed to vote for him, they put pressure on them. So they're going to end up know, losing. I, the I don't. I don't know, Jerome. When you say that now, because his 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 approval rating, the judge's approval rating, is the lowest of any Supreme Court no, no, nominee. So I, you know, they may have made some. They may have made some noise no, no, with this al- guy. Yeah. It already sucks. What, what I was saying, though, it's already bad. Okay. What I'm saying, though, is that okay. media is summarizing it like it's going to go through anyway, so there's nothing you can do. And what they did is that oh, okay. they, are, they are bringing down that whole rosy feeling of he's qualified and he should be there. So they've done a good job. The Democrats did not um, waste the opportunity. And they weren't as ineffective right. as people are summarizing them to be. Okay. All right. And let me, like Kathleen, one of the things I loved about Senator Harris, the one question that she asked that judge, can you recall if there are any laws in the books mm, where the government yes. tells a man, uh, you know, what to do with his body? 
and, and, and I almost fell out of my chair when I saw that because, you know, of course, I was at, at work with my door closed acting as if I was, you know, doing some work. I was actually watching the hearing. Actually, I was doing both, to be honest with you. But, you know, once again, pointed questions and the way she brought the noise, in my opinion, Kathleen, uh, to me, she was the highlight as far as the questioning part of this whole thing. I thought that she did the best job out of all of them. But, I, you know, hats off to all the Democrats. Like Jerome said, I thought that they really put pressure on those two senators who are pro-life uh, uh, senators. And uh, I really think they did a good job, and especially her, especially with that question, is there a law on the books that governs you know how the, the gov- you know the government tells a man what to do with his body. Classic. It was beautiful. What say you? Yeah, I agree. I think that was a, a a very good question, and it's amazing to me that the question has never been posed before. Huh. So right. Um, you know, it, it it was a it was a brilliant question, but and the fact that it has never been posed before just gives us another picture of what the um, you know, the House looks like, the Senate looks like, um, and the court looks like. The fact that this has not been a discussion, um, even in, uh, well, let me not say it hasn't been a discussion, but hasn't been a discussion that's brought to the floor or brought to the people, um, is it, it just lets you know, listen, if you're talking, if, if we're, if you're men talking about women, it's going to really okay. take a while before they turn that conversation around and put it on themselves, you know, and that that's kind of how the oppressed work. So when white people are talking about white people or white people things, it's not, you're not going to sit there and listen to them say, oh, well, you know what, let's, let's look at how this is going to affect black people and people of color and all of that as well. They're not going to do that. They're talking about their own interests, Right and their own interests as men are directed towards making sure that they reproduce and protect their race, right? So they are talking about making sure that the children that they, you know, that the seed that they deposit is not able to be destroyed. So they're telling a woman that if this is my seed, you don't have a choice in this matter, and I am going to determine whether or not you can carry this baby to term or not. Even even if it's not a white child, we are seeing the numbers of white children uh, reduce, so or or um, white children are not as uh, the numbers of white children being born, or the numbers of white people rather are now uh, is now co- is being co- is being um, uh, limited so that we're seeing more brown people in the United States. Yeah. So we want to make sure right. that white people can adopt these children, can have these children, and this child, if you will, that was, uh, she was, yeah, she was a child. She was 16, 17 years old. The woman who was, uh, the young lady who's an immigrant in one of those camps. Uh-huh. And um, Kavanaugh was the one who was helping to block her from uh, exercising her right to an abortion. So this is what they do. Because, yeah. okay, well, if you don't want the child, carry the child to term so some white family can adopt it. Because what we don't see, we do not see black families gaining uh, adoption rights over a lot of these children. So there's a lot behind all of this and why these particular white men traditionally 
have been making this decision and want to make the decision for women's bodies, right? They want to be able to control it. And then when they're ready, they will make the decision to do testing on black women or whatever other race they want to make do, do testing on so that they can now control the population. So they can decide who gets to have a baby and who doesn't get to have a baby. Mm. So will the black women sick and or or will adopt their kids and have them raised by uh, white people anyway. So whatever we do, basically we are promoting not only the white rest race in numbers but in mindset. So there's you know so and, and I don't know that people really go this far as to think about that. And then to say to women, no, you can't have an abortion. Why else would they do that? There, there's a reason for every, every decision that they make. It's not what's on the surface. So we have to think beyond what they just put in front of our noses and, you know, and do some critical thinking here and say, well, wait a minute. Well, what is this really all about? So the fact that she asked this question was very important. Now, she wouldn't be able to go this deep there because they would have cut her off, of course. Um, but but th- but this is why. So if you don't do this for men, then why do you think you should be able to do this for women? Well, they're not going to make any rules about right. that. And he stumbled all over it and stammered all over it and, uh, and tried to actually yep. think about maybe there is one somewhere, but I'm not aware of one right now, Senator, no. Yeah. You know, I, I tell you, you know, Lindsey Graham, Mr. Elias, I don't know what's wrong with Dick. Well, he's a Republican, you know. Let me stop he's because the bottom line is we had a show about this. We, we we had a show about this a few months ago, you know, because a Republican stands up and says something right in a change once in a while, they're, they're still Republicans. That's who they are at the core. But I, but I want to focus on something else here, and I want to get your opinion on this. The fact, I think the bigger thing, obviously, you know, a woman's right to choose is definitely, it's definitely uh, uh, in jeopardy here. But here's something else, too. The fact that this is a guy who thinks that a sitting president should be kind of immune to the rules. You know, if he commits yes. murder, we'll talk to he's him after his term is over. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so that's to me, that's a, a, that's, a, that's a big thing, but it's not a bigger thing. This is a huge thing for no, women. I didn't, say, I didn't say that. I, I, I didn't say that. Now, don't, 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 don't get me in trouble no, with the listeners, Captain. I did not say it was a bigger thing. thing. You said a bigger thing. I thought I, I, no, I it's not a bigger thing. Go right ahead. No, no, I don't. It's not a bigger thing. I didn't say that. What I'm saying is, I said another thing. I need to enunciate my words. Another thing, uh, when we talk about this guy, is the fact that he thinks that a president is above the law. That this guy can do whatever the heck he wants to do as long as he has president in front of his first name. And we should not. He's so busy that we shouldn't burden the president with depositions when this guy has spent more time in his golf. Guess where he is now? One of his golf courses. So he's so busy that he has time to tweet at freaking three o'clock in the morning. You know, he's his time is just so precious that a sitting president cannot be charged because he just, you know, he's the president. Your thoughts, sir? And this the same guy that worked against tirelessly against Bill Clinton. I'm just, I, I, I could have swore he was, wasn't he? Or maybe I'm wrong about that. But I, I thought he worked yeah, tirelessly but he against also Bill wrote, Clinton. But, yeah, but he did write this stuff, and it, you know, in fairness to him. Yeah, when Bush, yeah in fairness to him, when Bush was but in he, office, he wrote this stuff. Yeah, he wrote this stuff when Bush was in office. But didn't he work tirelessly against Bill Clinton? 
When they were talking about impeaching well, he, him, well, he was with Ken Starr and that whole thing. Yeah, absolutely, he was a yeah, part yeah, of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, but when, when when Bush got in office, he changed it. You know, come on, man. Let, let's just call it spade a spade, man. No, 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 no human being in in this earth should be above the law. Nobody. And 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 and, and to Kathleen's point, as a man that has dealt with the fact of losing a child through abortion, and I had nothing to say about it. And it hurts me to my core to this day. But I still believe that a woman has a right to do what she wants to with her body. I can't dictate what somebody does with their body. What do you mean it hurts you to your core? Are you saying, oh, you mean the fact that, uh, that this is in jeopardy? That's what you're saying. No, I went through this. A woman had an abortion when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. And I, I had nothing to say about it, but yep. I still believe that 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 was that woman's body. I can't tell somebody else to do with their body what they want to. If you open that can of worms, you open up a can of worms of everything. So no, I, yep. I agree. That's that uh, that was her right to choose. I didn't I didn't agree with it. I didn't want it. It hurt me to my core, but I still believe that's a woman's right to choose. I still believe that because I don't want nobody to tell me what I can and cannot do with my body. Yeah, I, I think the reason why that, I'm so sorry that happened to you, and and um, you know it's an important point um, that that at some point you know if if there's a show about that 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 would be a great show because there's a lot of men that feel that way. And it's it's a really important point, but I just wanted to say that because I can still hear the pain in your voice, and I just wanted to say that I'm sorry that you went through that. Um, but I agree with you as well, despite that fact. Uh, it is a woman's right to choose, and I don't particularly, I don't, I am not uh, for abortion at all. Um, but I still believe that a woman that is a very personal decision that a woman has to make on her own with her family. And right, and. I- and I think most people feel that way. I mean, listen, I don't think I would if my daughter came to me and told me she was pregnant. The last thing I would be telling her to do is to abort the child. But at the same time, you know, I can't tell her not to. I mean, that's just, you know, and, and like, you know, I think the reason why uh, Senator Harris' question was so poignant, at least in my opinion, uh, is the fact that no one's ever asked this question before. And the fact that men feel, you know, listen, you have white people and then you have men. You know, and both of us, both groups have uh, this whole oppression thing going down. When you talk about white people, there's oppression to, 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 to African-Americans, our darker-skinned folks. When you talk about men, you know, there is this thing that women are supposed to be subservient to them. I mean, that's just the way it's always been. And, and the bottom line is that in both cases, that's wrong. And so men, you know, we, you know, women work in the same jobs that we work in, but they make less money. I mean, what kind of nonsense is that? I tell people all the time, most of the bosses I've had throughout my lifetime, professional career, were women. And I loved every minute of it. Because there's also that natural connection, Jerome, between a man and a woman, regardless whether it's platonic, whether it's a business, whether it's a, you know, a personal relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, there's just that natural chemistry between the two. And I've always felt that I would prefer to work for a woman than work for a man, to be honest with you. But there, were, there, were, there are men in corporate America who can't stand to take comments from a woman, and which is crazy because – you know, the most influential person, you know, last week I talked about my mother. 
You know, I mean, my mom. So, so how do you get to a point where you feel that you're, you, you know, your women are beneath you, when if you grew up in a regular family, your mother was the authoritarian figure in that place. Mothers usually keep the families together. So it's yeah. amazing that we have men out there that feel this way. And so for Congress to feel that they could tell a woman, you know what, no, you go keep that baby. I mean, what, what, you know, once again, and I don't want to go on that, that, that little thing, I, that riff I went on in the first segment because, you know, I'm trying to maintain my composure here. But the bottom line is this is a country who separates freaking kids, who has a maniac in the White House, and now we're going to tell women, oh, wait a minute, you can't, you got raped? I'm sorry, you just have to accept that gift from God. I mean, what kind of BS is this? Hmm. Wow. That is, that is, yeah. Jerome? Did we lose him? Uh, I mean, I, well, maybe, I, maybe I have nothing to say to that. I mean, what, what <laughs> Oh, you just want to, okay, that? let me drop the mic then. I t- I'll take that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'll take Here's it. Here's the thing. No, and I mean this, this kind of, on the, it, with what you said, and I don't think anybody wants my opinion on what I think about, like, women's pecking order stuff, because mine is more radical than that, right? So I'm not, not going to... See, I just Uh-oh. said that. Now i got to say what it is. What, what oh, yeah, Mariana. I wanna, you, don't you want to... Mariana, come on, send me something real quick. Let's see, can we get your boy... I mean, your your buddy here. Uh, I'm sorry, Jerome, <laughs> go ahead. I'm just... I oh, no, I understand <laughs> I'm that. I'm trying to start something. I know you are. I know you are. It's not going to work. Because now <laughs> you're going to be a hater. <laughs> yeah, you're going to start this on the opposite uh, end. Women have more balance <laughs> than men do, right? And so we need to be honest about that. That's why, and the reason I didn't want to say this too loud is because no people have their difference of, opinion, difference of opinion about this. But I have to say that any woman who wants to be like a man, for example, are luring themselves to men. Because men don't think um, and, and go through the, the emotional range that women do, which makes them smarter, right? So my, my mom in the house handled everything because she had the range of emotion to be able to handle everything, right? She can tell this is how this person is feeling today, leave them alone, do this, and blah. She was managing people's lives. Women do that generally. Guys are like, bottom line is, this is how much it costs, we're going to do this. Women will hmm. juggle like like their their emotional range gives them a great advantage over men. So for all the men who have those issues, that is usually kind of it, it is pr- primarily a Western thing, right? Uh, you know, like that men don't like women running things because they think it, ema- it, it, it emasculates them. But they don't realize that really strong women actually make you more of a man than it does actually devalues you. Hmm. So I, I, I didn't want to go through that because I know we could do a whole show on this. But the the issue for me is just having us understand that, you know, you have to have some kind of balance. And when you don't have balance, then you have to oppress somebody. So our culture is very much that. It's like, oh, you can't kneel because I said you can't kneel. Right? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Tebow kneel? Because he was protesting abortion or whatever, okay, that's cool. Everybody wanted to do Tebow, you know, when when they when they score a touchdown, it was cool for him to do it. But once you start challenging someone's um, someone's belief system, 
right, and the belief system of people in this country is everything's okay as long as you keep quiet. That's how we treat women. That's how we treat black people in this country. Mm. And we need to face it. We need to face it and get over it because nobody's getting, nobody's fooling themselves but you. It's like watching all this stuff and watching polling and people saying, you know what, the Republicans and if the Democrats don't do this, people are sick of them. The Republicans at 100% are only 26% of the overall voting population. Republicans don't yep. have that much power. We give them power That's right. because we talk about them like they're even. And that's sickening, too. Or the to Jimmy Riggs stuff, gerrymandering, dirty rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah, we do that, and then yep. they sit there and smile on your face and be like, you know, hey, you know what? Black unemployment is low, and I hate when black people do that. They call in on this show and say, hey, black unemployment is the lowest ever. But let me give you a nice little stat about that black unemployment. Now, it's down 10 points, right, from... from uh, Ten points lower. It was nine points under Obama and one point under Trump. But he gets credit for all ten. But you ain't giving Obama point, you points for the nine. Right? Of course look, not. Yeah. You got to look through this stuff. So just because it went down one percentage point under Trump and it hit a record, everybody's like, see, look what Trump did for us. And so that's what, what is, it's yeah. up as a nation. What does he put in place though? What? What, no. what economic policy has he put in place to, no, to make this economy better? No. Not a nothing. I mean nothing. nothing. Nothing, and they haven't passed right. the we're, budget. We're close. Yeah. What's that? He hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't. We're at the top of the hour. We, we got to step out. We, we, we have definitely have to step out. We'll, we'll, we can finish this conversation on the other side. Uh, Jerome brought up something that's interesting. Uh, he brought up uh, Tim Tebow. Let me tell you how all that works coming up in this second set. You listen to the serious side. Don't go anywhere. Mike Dizzy Braun, look at Jerome bringing the noise this morning. We'll be right back. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.
Well, Nike's new Just Do It ad will start airing tonight at the NFL opener between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons. It's narrated by former 49ers quarterback Con Kaepernick. Here's a preview. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Stop ad from the New York Times that says, I am part of the resistance inside the Trump administration. Just posted your reaction. Sheriff, can you imagine this? We have somebody in what I call the failing New York Times that's talking about he's part of the resistance within the Trump administration. This is what we have to deal with. And, you know, the dishonest media, because you people deal with it as well as I do, but it's really a disgrace. I I will say this. Nobody has done what this administration has done in terms of getting things passed. So when you tell me about some anonymous source within the administration, probably who's failing and probably here for all the wrong reasons, no. And the New York Times is failing. If I weren't here, I believe the New York Times probably wouldn't even exist. You're right, Mr. President. If you weren't here, uh, we would all we would all be gone. We've turned to dust because you're the Messiah, idiot. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Welcome back in. Good morning to everyone that's listening. Welcome into the serious side. If you're just tuning in, you missed a great show so far, but that's okay. You can still get a little bit of the get a little bit of the juice before you get out and do what you're going to do on a Sunday. Let's say good morning to our distinguished guest. Say good morning to the very lovely Miss Kathleen Williams. Hello, Kathleen. How are you? I love that song. That was good. Which one? Other one you just played? Yeah, that was good. Oh, okay. That's Layla. I'll get it to you, girlfriend. You know me. You are close like that. Say good morning to the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome. What's up, Jerome? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, you be, of course, the, the one and only man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, Mr. L.E.S., how are you? Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Like I mentioned at the morning, top, Johnny D. Good morning, so Oh, there it is. See, there it is. Okay, I got to get me. Some, you know what, Johnny D., there you go. I'll make up something with him. Now I'm on your team, Jay. I'm on your. Are you on my team? Okay, Jerome. I'm with you. We gotta okay. do something. What's up? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with a fan. Thanks, Jerome. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> see how she just got to rope the mopalo just to stick that needle in. Right, yeah, see, that's how Kathleen is. I still love her though. I love her today. Hey, I mentioned that resident texter Johnny D is off this morning, so uh, we'll be hearing from him next week. Hope he enjoys his Sunday. Uh, also, let's say good morning to some folks in the chat. Mr. Elias, if you are in, sir, who do we have? Uh, we got Covina, man, of course, in there. And we got a host of guest, guest in there with us. A All lot right, of what's guests. up, y'all? Boy, a lot of people are taking me up on what I said in the first segment. I can't read some of this stuff because there are curse words included. <laughs> but let me say hello to a lot of people out there on social media. Andrew, Al, the pastor's in the house, Thomas T., Teresa, Kevin, Mike, Joseph, Randy, Bella. Oh, my God, just so many people. What's up? Welcome into the show. And, of course, our director of social media usually pops in at this time. Jackie's in the house. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I am doing great. How is everyone doing? Good, good. How are you doing? Good morning, Jackie. Doing well, well. 
sister, get on us. We're not doing the right thing when it comes to social media. Tell people what they need to do. Well, if you need info about the TJRS Radio Network, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash groups. Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash TJRS Radio. And if you want to email us about anything, email us seriousside at outlook.com. Once again, seriousside at outlook.com. So stay in, stay in touch with us, okay? Thank you, Jackie. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for putting that out there. You know, something else, too, I noticed that we, we have an Instagram page. That I didn't realize that was out there. We have people out there. I tuned. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I'm saying, why do I have an Instagram icon on my phone? And I hit it, and it's like, oh, there's the Jay Rowell Show. And people actually responding. So, listen, just get to us the best way you can. We want to hear from you. Listenership continues to go up. Also, there may be a new project coming up, another show Maybe coming up here on the TGRS Radio Network. We'll keep you in tune to that. I'm excited about that possibility. All right, 347-850-1272 is our calling number as we enter into our last set. Let me get it started because I definitely want to make sure we have time for my favorite part of the show. But I want to uh, detour a little bit from what we're going to talk about. And we may not be able to get to the op-ed uh, that was posted in the New York Times this week. We can always do it next week if we, don't, if we run out of time. But I want to talk about what happened last night at the U.S. Open. Um, you know, everyone knows that I'm a big, big, big Serena Williams fan. And um, what happened during that match, I thought, was just um, I felt sorry for uh, for the other player. I really did because she's just a young girl, and she had to be in the middle of that chaotic scene. And it started with the referee accusing Serena of receiving coaching. And, you know, and to be perfectly honest with you, I think her emotions, Mr. Elias, Mr. Elias was already right there. She was already, She's feeling the pressure of getting number 24. This happened when she was trying to tie Chris Everett and uh, 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 Chrissy Everett for 18. She had these moments where she felt that she couldn't get past it, but then once she got 18, she kind of rolled all the way through to 23. But I know she's feeling the pressure. The fact that, you know, Father Time is undefeated. She knows that her opportunities are starting to become few. She's lost two Grand Slams in one year. I can't remember that ever happening to Serena. And I know the pressure was getting to her. So she was already on the edge. And that call did not help the situation. She went off. And uh, and then uh, then they, they, they took a point from her. And then she smashed her racket because her game just wasn't on last night. And then she went after the referee again, saying, you owe me an apology, call him a thief. And then the guy... Gave her another violation, which resulted in her losing a game. Man, it was just something to see. But, you know, this, I guess my bigger, the bigger point I'm trying to bring here, bring up here, is the fact that there's a double standard when it comes to women in sports. And when you look at what happened with her, you know, come on, men athletes do this. You know, John McEnroe made a living doing this, Mr. Elias. But I've mm-hmm. never seen this, a game taken away. Hmm. I, I hate to be so cynical, Jay, but do you think that um, <laughs> the Nike ad had anything to do with that? 
I don't know. That guy is a foreign guy. I don't think. I think what happened was it goes back to what we were talking don't about towards the end of our last segment. Don't you know, make you don't a want difference. A woman. Oh, uh, no, no, it listen to me. Listen to me. Let me tell you what I. Th- no, no. Let me. Let, let, this guy is from another country. He has a history of doing ridiculous stuff. I think this is a situation where here's a woman talking to this man, and this man was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna put you in your place." Not only are you a woman talking to me crazy, you're a black woman talking to me crazy. Oh no, sir, you gonna sit your tail down and stay in your place. That's what I truly believe, and that's why she brought it up on the court. First, I didn't see the angle. I said, "You know what? She's right." She said, I'm a woman. Oh, because, you know, I don't, I see men, you know, it's just like earlier in the tournament, there was a player who had her shirt on backwards. So she took her shirt off and, and, and flipped it around. She was wearing a sports bra. We see women jogging through Central Park with sports bras on every day. And she got a, a violation for that. When Rafael Nadal damn near strips naked at, his, at the changeover, I mean, there's a double standard when it comes to this stuff. And that was on full display last night, in my opinion. And then you want to talk about the Nike ad. So now you have people burning Nike shoes because of Nike has stood up and decided to support Colin Kaepernick. Now, listen, Nike has some, some human rights violations that we can talk about on a later date, but they are right on this particular situation. So now here's the deal. This is what kills me about this. And my friend brought this up to me the other day. And I said, man, it is crystal clear. Remember, Mr. Elias, let me ask you, do you remember why Tim Tebow was taking the knee? Do you remember the reasons, his reasons for doing that? Abortions. He was out. He was out. He said what did he say? What did he say? He said, do you, what, 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 what did he, what he say? say? He said he was out. He said abortions. Yeah, he said, I cannot, I cannot support a country that allow women to have an abortion. And guess mm-hmm. what, man? They, oh, my God, Tebow, St. Tebow, Tim Tebow, can't play football. He sucked, but yet and still, they worship this guy. Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> yeah, he's in baseball now. They, they want, they, it, it, it reminds me, Jerome, it reminds me of back in the day when America wanted a white champion. Remember that, man? Oh, my God, somebody got to knock that black fool out. We need a white champ. They come out with their little green trunks on and playing Irish music. They wanted a white champ, and black people said, oh, guess what? <laughs> we may not get a president in the next 50, 60 years, but y'all won't have a white champion dominating like we do. Sit down, get to the back of the bus. So when you think about it, they want him to be successful. That's why he's doing sports and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, he said that he cannot support a country that supports abortion. He took a knee. And no one said nothing. Jack, he was was held as a hero. And this guy Mm -hmm. who risked everything, and I thank God that he's been getting paid by Nike this whole time. Because the bottom line is, is that this guy is standing up for human rights issues. It is not what? fair to live in a country where some people are treated different than others. And this guy tried to point it out using his platform, and guess what? He's, he's, he's a villain. He doesn't support the flag. And a president who did everything in his power to not go to war because he was a privileged, spoiled brat. You people are hurt. stupid. <laughs> what got me is the is, is the fact that everybody the first question I ask is, Well, since he's been on NFL, what has he been doing? Well, he's been giving millions of dollars to all the causes that he likes. 
He's been giving money. He's putting his money where his mouth is. So why don't you find out before you find, before you say something negative about this man? Colin Kaepernick is the real deal, man. He's putting his money where his mouth is. Most people don't know that. They don't care to know that. All they know is about what they want to fight. I got into an argument with a guy at work where this guy said he shouldn't be doing it on company time. And I said, you're the biggest hypocrite here because they told you to take that American flag off your company vehicle and stop stop riding around with the American flag. Did you? I said, you took it off for an hour. Then when you got back out of there, you put it back up. So don't hand me something you're not supposed to be doing on company time, Mr. Mr. Hypocrite. And he couldn't say a word to me. <laughs> not surprising. Yeah. Um, you know, I was watching, someone posted something on one of these social media sites, and it talked about everybody talks about they're proud to be an American, and they showed a shot of a bar, Jerome. And the national anthem was being played, and not one of those people <laughs> stood up. Not one of those people stopped talking. Not one person stood up or slew to put their hand over their heart. And they said, no. and the caption said, oh, really? You guys are so charged up about the American flag and we should respect the flag. Why do we not see one person standing up in this sports bar while the anthem is being played? It's like, oh, no, no, we want you to stand for it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to stand for it. That's pretty much what. It, that's pretty much how that goes. There's always a different. There's always a rule for someone else. So what gels, um, especially racist people, what gels them is the fact that they want you. They want to tell you what to do. That's all that is. It is usually what, you know, all, um, you know, misogynistic racist people do. Like it's a power control issue. Just because you did that, we want to do the opposite. For people saying that they want to burn Nikes because because they paid Colin Kaepernick, they're trying to say Nike don't, you, you know, you, they start reaching, right? Not, Nike is supporting him, which means they support um, them against the military, right? Knowing that Colin Kaepernick's protest has nothing to do with the military. But people are clever. I shouldn't say people are clever. It is just interesting to me that over the years, white folks generally can actually obfuscate something. Like, they can change something to mean something else. Mm-hmm. Every time they do that, they hold on to it tight. So once they change the meaning, the meaning is just what it is. So Colin Kaepernick, and every time they talk about it, they put somebody on from the military. Every time somebody bring it up, they say something about the military. But the flag has nothing to do with the military, per se, right? And, again, there's a Supreme Court ruling that says this. The Pledge of Allegiance, saluting a flag, it is a part of your personal freedom. It's what the flag stands for. It's for what your freedoms are. But you don't salute it like an object. It's not a relic like that, that you have to worship a flag. So the Supreme Court was really clear on this. So we have a habit of saying... Oh, if you did this, it means that. And white folks are mad. Over the years, I've noticed through my experience with this is that they are always focused on one thing meaning something totally opposite than what the um, the person. People will tell you what it means, and they'll be like, "No, that's not what that means." Mm. Right? So they'll they'll change it. 
you know, and, and mainstream media, I don't mean to take the Republican side on this, because I know that they coined that term to mean something else when you say mainstream media. What happens is that I am talking about European culture when I say mainstream media. And I'm saying they all abide by the same thing. So if they stop putting people on TV and address Colin Kaepernick for what Colin Kaepernick is protesting, then everybody would have an understanding of what it is. But they're playing into the same hype that the Republicans are playing into. Well, you realize some people believe this. Yeah, but as a reporter, you know that that's not true. So stop acting like you don't know when you ask the question. That drives me nuts. And that's why I hate doing that on this show when someone comes on here or we start having a conversation and, and someone says, well, you don't mean that. Well, I mean, I meant what I said. I shouldn't have to qualify what I don't mean. But we, we as a society act like we our short attention span takes over our body. You know, um, Kathleen, some of the just blatant double standards when it comes to, and we talked about Serena Williams in that situation, um, you know, with this whole thing with Colin Kaepernick taking the knee for something that's near and dear to everyone's heart uh, on this show uh, versus Tim Tebow, which, you know, listen, I'm not blaming Tim Tebow. You know, I mean, you know, I'm starting to read some comments. I'm not blaming Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow he has a right. This, this is the beauty of the country. You should have the right to say and do what you want, right? Now, you can't yell bomb in a theater, but the bottom line is, you, you know, you're entitled to free speech as an American. And we can disagree. That's okay. But to sit here and villainize a guy, to just spew hatred at a person, because they are, you know, and here's the thing. I can see if the guy was taking a knee saying, you know, F the, 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 the American flag, F the soldiers that are fighting for this country, or, if, you know, if he's saying, you know, I support a group that goes around and kills white people. <laughs> he's 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 supporting the group that goes. He's he's showing opposition to the group that goes around killing black people, and that's the cops. And he's even said that they're good cops. Here's the thing: they take the message, Kathleen, and they twist it to meet their agenda. And people keep forgetting it was a soldier who recommended that he takes a knee. Mm-hmm. A white soldier, white America, but you can't see it through your racist, bigoted hearts. People should be ashamed of yourselves, and you're bringing your kids up to carry on your sorry, low-life, freaking tradition. America's the only country in the world that deals with nonsense like this when it comes to racial stuff. This is crazy. You don't like me because I'm darker than you? What did I do to you? I haven't done anything to you. Oh, you don't think I contribute enough to society? Who the hell? Who are you? <laughs> what is wrong with these people? Take our country back? That's why Trump's in office. And said, so, oh, my God, a black man was in charge, and he did it twice. Uh-oh, we better watch out because now we're going to have black presidents for the rest of our lives, and our racist hearts can't stand that. This is a country that defends Confederate, fly- Confederate statues. Kathleen, what is wrong with this country that we live in? 
and especially a certain, a certain population, a certain segment of this, of this nation. Because let me tell you something, regardless of what we talk about here, bottom line is Barack Obama was president two, two terms. So all white people are not bad white people. It's no, just no, you low-life racist people that are out there because you're out there. And I, you know what? I hope you're listening. Matter of fact, I know you're listening because some of you guys are, are putting remarks out here. Kathleen, what, where are we, Kathleen? Help me, please, because I'm going to have a mental breakdown this morning. Help me. <laughs> help, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> There's no help for me. I need to go somewhere and put a jacket on and sit down. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be quiet. No, Kathleen, no. What, say, what are your thoughts? Just whatever you want to talk about. I'm going to sit down because I'm going to have a freaking, I'm going to bust a freaking, uh, uh, Necessary, but I do I do feel your passion and I do feel your pain. And and I think it's really important, you know, I think, you know, some people may listen to you and say, Oh my God, he's so over the top and I said, But no, it's really important that we recognize that people are feeling this way and people feel really frustrated and are saying, you know, well, listen, what, how do I get into Canada now? You know, <laughs> they want to leave. Um, as a matter of fact, I asked that question. I have a girlfriend who's Canadian, and I asked her, I was like, okay, so now free what now? Health care and education? And how, how, what does it take? And it's not that difficult, by the way, but that's for another show. But what a lot of people are very frustrated here in this country, particularly black people, that you know, and feeling like, oh my goodness, we don't have a chance. Um, everything that we've worked for, everything that we've done, our president Barack Obama, um, everything that he worked for, uh, you know, that that kind of thing, and people are getting sick behind it. You know, you don't realize that just how stressful this can make you looking at the country and the world. And then you have all of your other stuff at work and your family and everything else. And people are getting sick. They're dying. Literally, stress does kill. So it's important to look at this. And then I will say, I'll answer your question, um, where are we right now? And I want to say to you that I think we're in a very, very tender but a very good place. Because just like Jerome said earlier, it what you know, if you if you look just at what the media wants you to look at, you will be, you know, planning your funeral. If you look at what everything is what's behind it all and saying, Okay, maybe they don't maybe the um, the Senate doesn't have enough votes to block this Kavanaugh do from getting on the court. But if they don't, there is something else to come, and that is the next election. So to, you know, rechannel that frustration and take it to the ballot box, rechannel that frustration and go run for office. We've seen so many women of color in particular, black people, black men, black women, run for offices that they were not running for before or not winning before. We see it in the uh, Andrew Gillum. We talked about him last week. We see, we see it in what's happening in Georgia. We see um, the sister just uh, Ayanna um, yeah. oh, I forgot her name. name. Presley. Yeah. Ayanna Presley. We see it Press. with her just taking over the Democratic uh, congressional seat from a 10-year Democratic inc- incumbent white male. 
Um, and he said in Boston, he said, you know, people are frustrated and they have, they want change and I don't blame them. You know, and, and that is a predominantly African-American and Latino district, I think. They have a, a very large population of black folks. So what I say to everyone who's feeling this way, yeah, this is challenging, but we are in a very good place right now, and let's all rechannel our energy and, you know, the, excuse me, rechannel our frustration to the extent that we can, you know, um, and, and put it into positions like that so that we can make the changes that are necessary. And just and really, really, this is a really great time to go back and look at the history of this country and remember what we came through. Because what we came through to get here was much more difficult physically on our bodies and, and literally to our lives than what we're facing right now. So we have to, have to, have to take this opportunity to say, hey, you know what, this thing is rough, but we had a couple of years where we didn't even have to put our boots on, but now we got to stress those things up and get our gear, put on your armor, and, 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 and those of you know what I'm talking about, put on your armor and get out and fight because this is not, you know, life is not just for relaxing and, and um, you know, hoping that you get rich so you can get a bigger house. No. This is a fight for the generations. So that's what we have to do right now with this. So don't, don't you know, feel the frustration, though. Feel the pain and the frustration. And then don't take too long in that place. And then put your coat on, put your boots on, and get out and fight. Mm. You know, I want to I ask you know, that Kathleen, too. always, you know, she's, uh, she's Kathleen. That's the reason why she is. We call Miss Williams around here. No, you know, you go ahead, Jerome. Oh, you get the final word. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, here, here's the thing. I want to add to Kathleen because I think it's important that we that we pay attention to this, and it's kind of why we bring bring this kind of stuff up. When you watch television, they're going to make it a horse race because it's always ratings for them. But always. like you said, if you look at um, Andrew Gillum in Florida, Stacey Abrams in Georgia, if you look at Ortiz in Queens. You look at um, who um, I cannot Ayanna Presley in, Ayanna in Connecticut. Presley. You you look at the other um, the Attorney General of Florida who who won his race is black, and you look at people coming out in record numbers coming out. They still ignore black folks. That's why Gillum never even polled when they did statewide polling. Never polled in in the top two. For all of the polls that they had, and he won, and he beat them bad in every major city. Never even was on a blip on the screen. So yeah, it is challenging times, but we need to see it in real time while it's going on. What you're missing, and what you're missing is there is a way to impeach even a Supreme Court justice. So you you turn over Congress enough, then you may hear about that too, about them saying. The ethics yeah. charges about him lying to get on the Supreme Court, if that comes out, even if they yeah. dump all those records after, we've never seen this done before, but there's a mechanism for this as well. So I am interested in seeing that. I'm not hopeless to say, well, once he gets in there, we're done. He's taken um, yeah. what um, – uh, who was the justice that died? And Scalia. Uh, Scalia. 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 Right. So you, you talk about – 
replacing somebody with Scalia and then replacing Kennedy. They were conservative. These just these guys are just rabid conservatives. But they they still were conservatives on the bench. There is a method yeah. of impeaching um, or, or recalling or impeaching a Supreme Court justice too. So long as yeah, those guys. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. If I can just jump in real quick, I'm so glad you brought that up, Jerome, because you real say quick, it every week. Wait. Jay says it every week. Listen, just you got to go deeper than what the news tells you, because all they tell you is once you get on the bench, it's done for life. And that's not always true. There's always, reper- there's always you know, a way around stuff. Just like we're seeing Trump finds a way around stuff, there's always a way around stuff. Yep. Yeah. And it was done in Good point. Well said. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right, folks. Uh, coming up next is Chatterbox. <laughs> coming up next is Chatterbox. And uh, on a need to know basis, right now it's time for an update. We'll talk to you on the other side. You've been listening to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. Online radio at its best. A massive celebration was held in North Korea today to mark the 70th anniversary of the country's founding. Thousands of people lined the streets in Pyongyang for a grand military parade. The celebration comes amid stalled talks with the U.S. over the issue of denuclearization. President Trump abruptly called off a trip to North Korea by his Secretary of State last month, citing a lack of progress in talks. Japan is celebrating Naomi Osaka's victory over Serena Williams in the U.S. Open final on Saturday. NPR's Roberts reports from Shanghai. Osaka is the first Japanese player to clinch a Grand Slam singles title, and she did it with steely focus and a humble attitude while playing against her childhood hero, Serena Williams. The 20-year-old was born in Japan to a Japanese mother and a Haitian father, and she was raised in New York and Florida. She holds both Japanese and American citizenship and addresses fans in Japan in broken Japanese, which has helped win over the public. Osaka is helping break new ground in Japan as her biracial identity challenges the country's self-image as a racially homogenous society. As she stood on the podium at Flushing Meadows waiting to be handed her trophy, Osaka heard only boos as an angry crowd took out their frustration on umpire Carlos Ramos, whom they thought was unfair to Williams. Osaka told Williams it was her dream to be able to play with her. Rob Schmitz, NPR News, Shanghai. I'm Winter Johnston, NPR News in Washington. Time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the uh, world famous chat room from social media. Mr. Elias, man, what do you have? Uh, all these are from Covina, man. He said, You could tell a one texter from last week that I do accept the challenge. Then he says, My question <laughs> about Camilla Harris is, that, uh, is Will she be accepted at the cookout with her white husband? And then he says, I'm more of a Cory Booker fan if Joe Biden doesn't run. He thought he's a what now? He's more of a Cory Booker fan if Joe Biden doesn't run. Oh, okay. Yeah, he kind of stepped up. A lot going on here. Let me see. Can I get him in here real quick? Uh, Let's see here. I have one from a person. Okay, from Philip Perryland, Texas. Jay, you were in rare form this morning, and I like it. Thank you, sir. Uh, Thomas 
from Portland, Oregon, did Covina Man accept my challenge? I think Thomas, he answered that just now. Uh, Teresa from South Carolina, I'm a friend of Justin Copefield, don't know who that is, and he recommended, he recommended this show to me last week. Uh, I did not... I did not know shows like this existed at the national level. I would like to listen to my car. Where can I find the show on XM? Well, sorry, Teresa, you can't, unfortunately. Kevin, the Democrat, said today's show is the reason why I switched. Marianne Music says, wow, Jay, I was about to clown you about your comments earlier, but all I'm, but I am going to commend you, my friend. But all I'm going to do is commend you, my friend. Well done. By the way, consider yourself lucky. You are the only one who have met me in person. That's true. But let's talk about what I had to do to meet you, Marianne, and we'll bring that up on another show. Uh, and the pastor checked in. Stephen, Pastor Stephen Jones said, who tucked those Superman's cape? Jay, your comments earlier in the show were needed. And on point, take a bow, Mr. Ryle. You were, the, you were what the young folks say was dope. Uh, Pastor, the young folks don't say that anymore. I think that's what we said when we were young. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll take it. It's okay, Pastor. I mean, I understand. They don't don't, don't use that term anymore. Dope. I don't know what they say, but it's not dope. All right. Thank you for the comments, guys. That was dope. All right. uh, Oh, wait a minute. I left one out. I said I was going to read one. I'll read one, and that's it. Hold on. Here it is right here. Hold on. I left it out. All right, here. Josh from Minnesota says, ABM. Angry black man, calling your foes names is not the answer. You can catch more bees with honey. Stop being mad, so mad and negative. Jay, you are better than that. <laughs> well, Josh, First of all, we don't want any bees. <laughs> Thank you, Jerome. <laughs> Thank you. Don't care about no bees, Josh. And I'm calling you what you are, Josh. So if I called you your name, don't let it affect your homeboy. Change the channel if you don't like what we are talking about here on the serious side. I have more choice words for you later. I need to get on social media because I want to respond to him and some stuff I can't say on the air. And on that note, you know what time it is. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? to my dear friend for cutting into his time, but we'll make it right. But you know what time it is. It is time for my favorite and Mr. Elias's favorite and maybe Mariana Music's favorite and maybe Kathleen's favorite part of the show. It is time for on the need-to-know basis with the one and only, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree. What's going on, Jerome, man? What is on the agenda, sir, this morning? Man, heck, if I know. I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, that John's comment, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't even ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> Um, oh, you were ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready now. But <laughs> I was just saying, like, <laughs> ready now. Okay, good. Give it to him. I wasn't Give ready the for that I wasn't ready for give haters in the morning. I try to, you know, <laughs> give our audience. Well, like a show. <laughs> it's in the morning. <laughs> I, I try to give them a little bit more information than how to deal with haters. But we can do that too. We can do a whole show dedicated to that if you like. All right. <laughs> a whole segment at least. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon has become the second publicly traded company to be worth $1 trillion after Apple. So the company's um, blowout success has made the CEO, Jeff Benzo, number one on Forbes billionaires list. Um, mm. Amazon orders uh, also this week have ordered 20,000 vans in a bid to, to build its own packaging delivery fleet. So they're going to 
they're not challenging the post office, but they just have too much stuff for the post office to handle. So they're actually creating, they said tens of thousands of people have applied for their new delivery system. So they're creating one, um, and they plan on ordering from, you know, 4,500 to 20,000 vans. Yeah, Mercedes-Benz vans. Yep. Are they? You know, here's yep. the thing. It, it's almost like giving a p- local pizza place your address. You don't. <laughs> you want your drivers vetted a little bit more? Because I could yeah, see this really. going all wrong by just having <laughs> Uber drivers develop. <laughs> Not, nothing against Uber or Lyft, but when they start delivering your expensive items, I'm saying... Mm-hmm. Can't pay the minimum wage and be like, can you drop this big screen TV off to these people doing Christmas? That yeah, might right. I'm, I'm just, I'm just guessing. <laughs> stuff get lost in the mail all the time, so that does. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Amazon might have a little problem. Now, um, Samsung Sung has a um, folding smartphone that they said could hit shelves this year. So they developed the process and they said they can. Completed it and it may arrive in November, just on time for Christmas. I ain't see that mm. coming, because you know really? how this goes. <laughs> now, now, BlackBerry is set for a comeback. The firm unveiled their cheaper um, $399 Key 2 LE handset that brings back the keyboard. I don't know why anybody would. I never understood anybody who typed on those little keys anyway. But anyway, mm. <laughs> they're hoping to attract customers who aren't satisfied with touch screen keyboards. Um, so they have a new one coming out. Three ninety nine is what it's gonna call cost. Uh, you know, Walgreens for my blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that is definitely. Um, Walgreens is busted for selling tobacco to minors during thousands of ex- inspections, according to a new report. So between two thousand and twelve mm. and two thousand seventeen, Walgreens was caught selling tobacco products to about one thousand 296 times Representing oh, One three ten inspections Oh Rite Aid was the second worst offender Now mm. okay So call me crazy in the area Of like um, law enforcement But we have an opioid Crisis and a methamphetamine <laughs> Thing going and all You worried about somebody grabbing a cigarette Really I'm just kind of I'm just going to throw that out there You, They're stinging Wal- Walgreens Okay. All right. So uh, if that's what they got to do, yeah. All right. So they said um, you're not. I used to eat the uh, sugar, sugar. Um, what was it? Sugar smacks back in the day. Yeah. Which is called now um, honey smacks. The uh, CDC issued a nationwide warning after 30 more contact contracted um, salmonella from the Kellogg's honey smacks. So they said. I mean, it started in March. They said it was brought under control what? in June when they recalled oh, um, 1.3 million cases of the cereal, affecting, um, I think it was like 40, uh, four states or so. So, mm. what? Was Texas one of them? Thinking. What'd you say? <laughs> Is it, was Texas one of them? <laughs> really? Are you serious? Yeah, well, I let. Not, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, they, if you have honey uh, smacks put, in your cabinet, they should get rid of them. Don't even eat them. Okay. Yeah. I'll be back. Hold it down for a second. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. <laughs> hold, hold, hold it down. 
Do the old school. Put the milk back in the in the in the carton. You're like, let me pour this milk out. You should have known anything that got smack in it. It's bad for you. Yeah. You know? Get smack, regular smack. Any kind of smack, don't really want to mess with that. Really? That's my old joke. You know? <laughs> See, I was, I was going to bring that up, but I thought I'd show my age. Uh, but never mind. My birthday's coming up, so I don't care. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. Know, <laughs> you know, the CDC also put out a report that said that kids who get less sleep have worse grades and poor attendance. I don't know why the CDC is doing reports like that, but I find when I don't sleep, I'm probably not going to go someplace. <laughs> like, really? Like, really? I don't know why they needed a report for that. But they said that, um, you know, California um, is, would might require a law or have a law requiring middle school, uh, middle and high schools to start no later than 830. So they moved time back so that kids can start <laughs> school later. Okay. Works for me. Now, again, when TV used to go off at midnight, like it did back in the days, <laughs> we had no problems falling asleep. Really? None whatsoever. You got a 24-hour cartoon channel, so that kind of hurts. Really? That doesn't help. <laughs> now, um, you know, Aretha Franklin, you know, I didn't, we didn't talk about this, but Aretha Franklin's family has spoken out after that televised um, funeral um, two uh-huh. weeks ago got a negative response from the public largely due to um, the controversial reverend who attacked right. the black city. So, Vaughn Franklin, Aretha's nephew, admitted that the speech caught the entire family off guard and the reverend Jasper Williams Jr. handled his role has been very, very distasteful, is what he said. Now, he said hmm. it's something they didn't expect at the funeral. Um, and the Reverend had spoken at the memorial for her fa- for Aretha's father, and um, 34 years ago. <clears throat> but they said the family had not discussed what the pastor would say in advance, and it turned out was unfortunate because everyone um, who participated in the cer- ceremony was very respectful, but he wasn't. He spoke for 50 minutes, and at no time did he properly properly eulogized her. So he said statement on behalf of the family and by the way if you don't know what he said he said blacks um do not matter because black lives can't matter will not matter should not matter must not matter until black people begin respect their own lives and then he actually has not backtracked from that Hmm. he he said he um seemingly to feel more sorry for how people reacted to it but he's not he he understand it, and he said he regret it. But I'm not sorry for the way. Um, <laughs> but I'm sorry for the way that they felt, or that they wow. felt that way. Your fault. He still I just don't get let it. everybody know that I have a minister's license. So if y'all need me to do any eulogies, <laughs> Clara, and you know, I'm available. I'm available. You know what, Kathleen? <laughs> I'm gonna take you up on that, and um, really? just before Jay introduces this segment, I'm gonna ask you to bless it every time we come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. I'm there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How about Jay? Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Step back. My bad, Jay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you step back. All right. <laughs> speaking of Aretha's funeral, you know the Honorable Minister uh, Louis Farrakhan from the Nation of Islam, was cropped out of a lot of pictures and video broadcasts doing a funeral. <laughs> now, 
people don't know, they've known each other since 1972. And in the statement, the minister wrote that in 72, when I was a minister in New York City in Temple Number no. 7, the police detected our mosque. Within a few hours, Aretha Franklin came to the mosque, to my office, and said that she saw the news and came as quickly as she could to stand up and offer us support. She asked mm. me if Reverend Jesse Jackson had been there to show support, and I said, not yet. She said he'll be here within 48 hours, and Jesse Jackson came and stood with the Nation of Islam. He said that we mm. marveled at her show of courage, fearlessness, uh, which was rooted in her profound love for her people and desire for justice, her activism, her selflessness caused her to stand with Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King in the Civil Rights Movement as she joined the struggle of our people for liberty, equity, and justice. Now, Minister did not speak at her service, but it was righteous, I, I think, that we acknowledge that Minister Farrakhan was there to support her when she came to, and she came to support him. So stop disrespecting your people because it scares white folks. Hmm. And what's the guy's name who sent this message? Um, Josh or something? What's his name? Yeah. Josh. Um, fight me. So, yeah, Josh. Uh, hater. Former. The hater, Josh. Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Just, if he wants to feel that we're hating on him because he feels his whiteness threatened, um, turn to five. He's a white hater. Exactly. Now, former First Lady Michelle Obama is encouraging voting in the midterms of elections at a rally held by a nonpartisan organization that she co-chairs. Uh, she has yet to say if she will campaign for Democrats, but, you know, recently, in um, over the last 24 hours, she is on the schedule to appear, I think, in Florida and Nevada. So I don't know if it's for her, for the nonpartisan organization or if it's for Democrats, but uh, First Lady Michelle Obama will be out and President Obama. Now, the Republicans think that this is to their favor, but I am telling you, President Obama is polling 25 points ahead of um, Trump, and you don't want that cat out there. Like, people mm-hmm. did not like Hillary. I think they keep discounting that. And they're like, he supported Hillary so people didn't move. That is white analysis. What I am telling you right now is that <laughs> if President Obama goes out there, people are going to flood out to see him. So it's going to be more in race. Yep. And, so he, and he'll fill, he can fill the stadium. Yeah. We did talk about the Boston City Councilor Ayanna Presley will become Massachusetts' first black female member of con- Congress after upsetting the 10-term Democratic incumbent um, on Tuesday night's primary. Now, she is not going to have a Republican challenger, I don't think. Hmm. So she's going to be really? in Congress. Yep, she's, she's holding the seat that JFK had in, in um, Boston. Wow. Because yep. Boston, <laughs> wow, they, yeah, hey, hey, that's that's impressive. The Democrats, that is very impressive. yeah, you can you can face it or die, and I, I'm encouraging people of color to run, not just women. I think that we we seem to forget that again. Trump won because 55 percent of white females said that they were going to vote for Clinton, but 53 percent voted for him. They need to be convinced that. Trump is not the one. And I think they're probably convinced now, but it's a little late. So I'm still going to tell you people need to get out and start running for office. That's going to change the dynamic. We cannot keep doing business as usual. That's why two 10-term Democrat incumbents lost. They need um, 
they need an attitude adjustment, the Democratic Party. Mm. But don't fear, they will never be the Republican Party. They may be dysfunctional, but them fools are crazy. Yes, they are. Now, um, Catholicism has lost more more of its faithful than any other religions in the U.S. This is according to a new uh, survey that came out. They said about 13% of American adults are former Catholics, representing a departure... um, Departures than any more departures than any other religion has experienced in the U.S. Now I'm surprised that it's only that many because mm. again, really? you can't send me, you can't send somebody's kids to a place that has people um, that are pedophiles and um, say we're not going to identify which ones are pedophiles, but just trust us, it's not that one. Like <laughs> you can't really. <laughs> really. I know people are getting mad at me on a Sunday, but I'm just saying. Not you, now your religion. I'm just saying I ain't going to your church. Just, that's all I'm saying. All right, now, a new rule, <laughs> I'm sorry, was a campaign pledge of President Macron in France that children under 15 are banned from having phones, tablets, and smartwatches at school. So if you're under 15, you really? cannot have a phone at school in France. That might be a good idea. Might. I don't know, Jerome. I'm not sure about that one. But, but Jay, look at this kids way. Kids have to there's a problem, man. Yeah, but do they really? How'd they do when we were in school <laughs> if there was a problem? Yeah. Well, you know, but hey. you can say that about everything. We've evolved. You can't use that as an example. Mm, I, I don't know. I think I people need to yeah. focus in class. Because, you know, some, really? class, some schools have this the place where you put your phone in as you enter the classroom. They just want them to stop using right. them in school. They don't want you to not have contact. Oh, yeah, okay. I agree with that. Put cameras in the classroom. Okay. Right? There's okay. some private schools. I, um, I have a friend who worked, at a ch- who worked at a charter school, and they had cameras in the classroom. So the secretary who was on duty had cameras. You know, she had access to all the classrooms. So when the parents came in, yeah. that you could actually look in on your kids if your kids were misbehaving. They were like, look at your child. So you can actually still have that, which means the kids are not unsupervised and they cannot, they can just go to the office. But having a phone right there is not leaving them without communication. I see what you're saying, but it would be only if they went to a Catholic school, I would actually say that they probably need their phone. Anywho, um, (laughs) Ouch. Ouch. (laughs) I'm just, I know it's not funny, but I'm just saying I would want my kids to have a phone. There you go. Now, over a fifth of meat in Britain restaurants and supermarkets contained an unspecified animal DNA in in the worrying of their new horse meat scandal. Now, okay, Mm. Britain's food standards. Where is this at? It's not in Texas, is it? In Britain. In the U.K. Oh, good. All right. So they said they found 145 items out of 665 that example in 2017 that consisted partly or wholly of an unspecified meat. What? Mm. I don't know what that means, but I'm a little scared. Mm. <laughs> I, won't be, I won't be traveling to Britain no time soon. Really? I don't know what that means. Well, All if right. you do, don't eat. Take your own food. <laughs> hey, exactly. I'm going to... Well, um, you can't. You can have salad. You don't have to eat unspecified well, meat. Yeah, I gotta go there. I'm about to go there in two weeks, I think. Oh my God! Thanks, Jerome, for the heads up. Jesus. Hey, take look. Take your snack. Take your food. You look. 
Look, I don't know how you can I don't know how you can mess up a carrot, but you can get a salad in there. Like you can probably see that coming. <laughs> oh man. All right, Joel, we have time for one more, man. Give us a good one on the way out the door. No, I, oh, yeah, I really want to say this because uh, billionaire yeah. uh, BET founder Bob Johnson wasn't to check into a Florida hotel this week. So the EPOM, uh, I guess, is Upalm uh, Hotel in West Palm Beach. Uh, the founder of BET, he, who owns um, quite a few hotels, he, when he went to check in, they said that they wanted to, him to remove his glasses to make sure it was him. So he wow. told them the police. The police showed up. And they didn't reach a compromise because they said they have his ID, his credit card, his license, and his passport, but they wanted him to take his glasses off. So guess what happened? To a hotel? Yes. And so what if it wasn't him? Oh, you mean they think that he's stealing the guy's ID? Yeah, because they said it was identity theft because we couldn't see him through his glasses. Mm. So you know what happened? The policeman showed up with glasses, and Bob Johnson said, can we tell if that's the police, because he got glasses. <laughs> Good for wow. You. Bob Good Johnson for you. left and then said he would never t- return to that uh, visit that hotel again. He should buy <laughs> But wow. he would not take him off. Buy okay. and fire all I wouldn't take him off either. All right. All right, so yeah. I think you need one more drone. Give us one more, man, to get up out of here. Okay, well, all right, so... Um, Russian scientists are planning to clone a woolly mammoth. I can see this going all wrong, but they want to do a Jurassic Park style um, using the G- DNA from a preserved oh, Ice boy. Age remains. And um, they want to do a park. Good luck and good night. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, thanks. Wow, that, was, yeah, that was a good idea, Jeez. Yeah, I could have I could told you, like, I, I could have easily told you a story about the. Um, 64-year-old Maryland woman who was mauled to death by a pit bull that she adopted. But oh like yeah, that yeah, that she saved. Yeah, I saw that one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She, she that Rescued pit bull was standing him. over her when they found her dead, and she was like, "Ooh, nice dog." Leave, leave wild animals alone. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> leave them alone. All right. And on that note. <laughs> <laughs> For 60 seconds out, so let me go ahead and say goodbye to the live audience. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us this Sunday morning. We'll see you next week right here on the serious side. But for those of you all, which which is the majority of our listening audience, you are listening right now at work or wherever. It's time for our final thoughts, and so it is time for the very lovely Miss Kathleen Williams to take the stage. Kathleen, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, I, I did want to mention yesterday at the U.S. Open what we witnessed was a tennis match between two black women. Two black women. Because Naomi Osaka, her father is Haitian, and her mother is Japanese. And then she played uh, Serena Williams. So what we really saw with that umpire was that he soured a match between two black women at the U.S. Open in favor of the one who was identifying as Japanese. What we have to remember also is that her Japanese ancestors, her mother's parents, disowned them, and they didn't speak to them for about a decade because she was married to a black man. So this is a black woman, and he destroyed this match by entering his ego into the equation. He should have left it alone, let them play. They were playing. It was an excellent match. They did not need him to sour it, and that's what he did. 
because allowing Naomi to win yeah. on her own, if she was going to do so, would have made it, a, a, you know, a, another historic match at the U.S. Open. So I want people to also, again, look behind what it is. He destroyed a match between two black women and entered his name into it when he didn't need to. The other thing I just want to mention is please, everybody, follow the story about Botham Jean, the 26-year-old young man who was murdered in his apartment by a white officer in Dallas, Texas, who said that she thought that she was entering her apartment. And when she went in, she yep. thought he was an intruder. While sitting in his own apartment, she tried mm. to get into an apartment into the wrong one, and she killed him <clears throat> dead, dead, 26 years old. His light shut out by an officer who said she mistook the apartment, thought it was hers, saw somebody in there, and killed him. So please follow this story because she's not arrested yet. They're still investigating it, and and we need to see how this turns out. They're considering manslaughter charges and arresting her, but nothing has been done just yet. So I just my my message is look beyond what the media is offering you and follow these stories and raise your voice in 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 favor of justice. God bless you. See you on the other side. Absolutely, good stuff. Jerome was free. Final thoughts, sir. Yeah, and you know and. Kind of piggybacking on, and I hate saying, I hate those kind of words, but following up on what <laughs> um, Kathleen is saying is that this is the second year in a row that the finals of the U.S. Open was two black women. Last year it was um, Sloan Stevens and Madison Keys, and this year it was um, yep. two black women as well. So to the historical reference, two back-to-back years of finals with black women. And also, as a, another historical note to put down in the books is that Antoine um, Fuqua's latest directorial effort of the Equalizer 2 crossed the $100 million mark domestically. Mm -hmm. So that makes three films. The first one, obviously, Black Panther, right? Um, Ryan Coogler, and then Avra um, DeVernay with A Wrinkle in Time, and now The Equalizer. Three $100 million movies in the same year directed by black folks. Amen. Way to bring it. (laughs) Way to bring it. All right. Uh, Mr. L.S. Man, the first and last word here in the series. Simon, final thoughts. But mine's going to be just as simple as this. You know, the midterms elections are upon us. Get out and vote, folks. Get out and vote. Don't want to hear no excuses about whatever it was. You know they're coming up on us. Get out and vote. And stop, pay attention to stuff, folks. Don't just take, like Kathleen said earlier, just don't take one news source. Go for all the news sources and, and go for the deeper story. Yesterday was the uh, homegoing ceremony for my dear cousin Monique uh, Vincent Wilkes. Uh, I mentioned it on the show a few weeks back. She died of ALS. She was just a beautiful spirit, just the person that you would say, okay, God. Why her, you know? Um, I've always said that uh, you should never question God's authority or God's will. But, you know, I had a friend that's in the ministry says, you know what, but God also made us a free will. And so the bottom line is it may be okay to question God. So I'm going to just ask him this one question. Why her? She was just a good person, just a sweet person. She did everything in her power. She even went on to become a minister, to study ministry so she could, you know, just do your will. So I just ask, 
that you help the family heal because this is a tough one for us. It's a tough one for us. We cannot believe that she is gone. And uh, there are a lot of rotten people that are on this world that's living in this world. But uh, maybe you just needed to call one of your angels home early. So for that, once again, I just ask that your will be done. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you, and we hope the very best for you and your family as you continue to live your life. So, for Jerome Spring, for Kathleen Williams, for uh, Jackie, for Miss Billy, I'm Jay Robson. Have a great work week. Remember, if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you next week. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Network.